Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, Domino Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins, joined as always by Jay Gold. Thanks, Jayhawk, from the newly renovated IWTV Guide Studios in Long Island, New York. Uh, we are coming to you live or live to tape every Sunday night. Good to see you. Let's do it. And we got a very special guest with us this week. You, you've seen him in a lot of places, actually. You've seen him in Creative Pro. You've seen him in AIW, Beyond. I could go on from there. TPA is joining us. Welcome. Oh, do, do go on. Where else am I? Uh, <laughs> hi, how are you? How, thanks for having me. Create a pro tag team champion, wrestle pro tag team champion, and DDT Ironman heavy metal champion. I, I, I think everybody's been, everybody everybody been yeah, the yeah. DDT Iron, Iron heavy metal weight champion at this point, though. But yeah, I, be, I beat Leo Rush for that title, and then I forgot. I think I lost it to Pinky Sanchez like 13 seconds later. But, All know, right, it was my... can't take it away from you. You got it <laughs> no, I was a real action pro wrestling 24 Kevin champion for 12 seconds. One, so. Ooh, that, that works. <laughs> the only match I've ever won in my life, too, by the way. But why well, don't wrestle? <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's why you ref and you stay away from the heavy stuff, and that's why I don't do it at all because I don't want to get hurt. So I'll just keep my distance. <laughs> yeah, I did ref, you, uh, I ref when I manage, watch, and I'm uh, very happy about that. <laughs> What did you think of this week's uh, AIW show on Thursday night? Because we had our, our wrestling spotlight, Zach Nightrum, from last week in that show, and uh, and he wrestled Isaiah Broner. What did you think of him in that performance the other night? That was a really fun match. I everything I was expecting it to be. I got a K. I'm glad they clued Hood Foot and Kaplan. Nothing was topping that. Yeah, that was that was nuts. They, well, who put the hole in the wall? Was that a uh, uh, wet Barkley threw somebody into it? So we had a we had a hole put in the wall. We had uh, Isaiah Broner knock the soul out of Zach Nystrom at the end of that uh, match. Uh, we had a couple of good we had a good women's match on that card. That was a fun night for a Thursday. I like to see uh, I like to see wrestling on a Thursday night. I could watch it any time, but I like to see, I specifically like to see it Thursday night. You know, with nothing to do, not on a typical Friday, not on a Sunday. Thursday night's a good time to uh, to put on a live show. I think. I'm definitely definitely okay with that. I'm sure EPA doesn't care what night it is, long getting paid. So. That's right. Put it in the envelope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, like just put it behind the bar, and I'll I'll take care of it later. Whichever, whichever works for you. Right. Right. Uh, What's your PayPal? Now, I got you covered. Uh, no, you can give me that envelope right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so what do you have coming up as far as your, uh, before we hit the the IWTV, what's on this week? Do you have any shows that you're going to this week that you're working? Who's that for? Me or CPA? Uh, oh, CPA. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. Uh, I, As far as I know, the only thing I have this week is uh, Beyond Wrestling, Wrestling Open on Thursday. And that's pretty much until I think I have something at the end of the month, but I don't know if they're announcing me or if I'm doing like a like a run-in or I'm going to fall from the ceiling or what? I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to be somewhere at the end of the month. They just, they, uh, they messaged me a few weeks ago and said, Hey, can you be here on the 29th? So if you're at a show in the New York, New Jersey area on January 29th and I'm there, I'll be there. <laughs> and you fall through the ceiling, then you'll know what the big surprise is and, uh, everything yeah. will be ready. To CPA, CPA dances atop the ECW arena. Yeah. <laughs> now you're doing beyond. Is that live on Thursday? You going up there or is it already taped? Yeah, no, those are uh, those are live on IWTV as they're happening. Excellent. 
So, Jayhawk, that gives us a good segue into uh, what's on IWTV Guide this week. What's on IWTV? And it's a pretty busy week here, as a matter of fact. Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, New South Action Clash, episode 68. Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, be Paradigm Pro, beginning the UWFI Contender Series, Season 4, episode 3. And we've got, looks like, five live events between Thursday and Saturday this week. So Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, as Kipay already mentioned, Wrestling Open, episode 3. Build as independent wrestling open mic night. Friday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, IWTV and Action Wrestling present Southeast first. Independent wrestling champ- world champion Alex Shelley defending the championship against AC Mac. Uh, you got Southern Underground Pro getting some uh, wrestlers down there. Uh, TWE, PWX, Southern Honor Wrestling. That's a big, big show. A lot of great talent on that. So definitely want to check that one out. And then three shows on Saturday. 7 o'clock Eastern Time. It'll be Pro Wrestling Magic presenting People Mover. The Pro Wrestling Magic champion Erica Lay defending against Billy Dickman in the main event of that particular show. At 7.30, we have IKW No Hold Bard, Volume 21. And we've got the American Deathmatch champion John Wayne Murdoch against Reed Bentley in the main event for that particular show. And then at 7 o'clock Pacific Time, 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 Geeky Wrestling, When You Wish Upon a Star in Hollywood. And so far enough for that one, Chris Brady against Lazarus. And the Kickman Tag, Killer Impact, Virgin Cage Gun, The Great Bambina, and Joey Gonto. So, lots of great wrestling this weekend. And then Sunday, January 23rd, 8 p.m. Eastern, H2O, underrated episode 8. Excellent. I've got a nice full slate if you want to watch a lot of wrestling in the shitty weather that's coming up. Um, so, there's lots going on this week. And, and the three show, three show on Saturday, when, when there's so much wrestling that there's no way you can watch it all live and stuff overlap, I love that. Give me some choice. Well... Next weekend's a big weekend in New York because uh, they have that uh, GCW show coming in on Sunday. Yeah, well, um, they're not on IWTV, so I don't care. No, yeah, no, but I'm just, you know, I like us to get, go over a lot of the wrestling that's going on anyway, even, and uh, and I think uh, all the guys that we know, so Butters is coming in, so I got to go pick him up because it's his show, so he needs a car to, to pick him up, the head of IWTV Guide podcast, so I'm going to go get him in the limousine, and I'll drive him over to his... Uh, to wherever the hell he's staying over in, in Brooklyn, I think, with Austin from If You Catch My Griff podcast. Um, and then the guys will all be in for those two two or three days. So that's going to be a, a crazy weekend in Manhattan. You know, who knows what's gonna, what they're going to do. But uh, uh, that show is starting to look stacked. I don't know. I think Hammerstein sold out, which will be very cool. Um, and Fonzie uh, and I talked about it. I know he uh, he would like to get in for with Justice, but who knows? I mean, I, I don't know what his deal is, but... Um, uh, that should be, they're going to have a lot of special guests and all sorts of stuff. So I, I, who knows what's going to happen with that show. That should be crazy. Yeah, well, I will be firmly comfortable in my own home not watching that show, but I will not give them my money when they recover stuff on. But <laughs> I'm sure there's other ways to watch it, but I wouldn't know about it. GPA is going to very, uh, going to make the great call and not comment on any of the confirmations. Right. He's a surprise guest coming from the ceiling. What are we talking about here? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. They're gonna drop you in for the uh, for the Briscoes match. I heard that there's an open. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a uh, cousin Briscoe or something. I'll have, to, I'll have to not shave for the next few days. Right. Yeah, you gotta let that grow out a bit. Look a little straggler. Be good to go. <laughs> so that'll lead us into our our new segment, uh, our wrestling spotlight segment. So today's gonna be very creative pro heavy. Um, with CPA on and us doing a review of the the Creative Pro Show from December, which we'll talk about in a little bit. This week's 
wrestler spotlight we're going to go right into and we're going to uh and we're going to discuss uh, a member of the creative pro roster so uh uh jayhawk hit that music spotlight. thank you charlie butters and your your new nxt 2.0 team that put that together um, so this week we're going to go with a member of the Shook crew, Bryce Donovan, the largest member of the Shook crew. Um, I believe it was Bryce Donovan, uh, Bobby Orlando, and Max uh, Caster were the original three from the Shook crew. If I'm if I'm correct, is that right, CPA? That is that is correct. Yeah. So so according to so I went ahead and uh, and and I reached out to to our our talent just to get some notes and and. Uh, Bryce sent me some notes, so I want to go over a bunch of stuff. So everybody kind of gets to know what he's been doing, um, starting out in, in training in 2015, uh, debuted for Creative Pro in January of 2016. Um, it's, and, and according to Cage Match and to Bryce himself, his first match was against Grammar Cop, which is now Phil Cardigan. Yep. <laughs> um, Bryce wrestled in Impact in August of 2017, and and the aforementioned Shook Crew, which I'm a big fan of, uh, of all three of these guys, formed in November of 2017. I know I met uh, CPA for the first time at a show in Hoboken, and he was there with uh, with Endo. So I was a big fan of both of them from the beginning, and uh, I found out Bobby Orlando was in the Shook Crew, um, and so. According to Bryce, and I didn't know this, they have a music video that came out on January 18th. I knew about the song. I just didn't know they released a music video. Um, and Shukru debuted at Creative Pro in March of, of 2018. And then they won the Creative Pro Tag Titles in June of 2018. Um, again, Bryce debuted with Limitless Wrestling in March of 2019. Uh, Thanksgiving 2019, wrestled for Beyond with the Shukru mm-hmm. uh, against Anthony Green, Ava Everett, and Josh Briggs. So there's a notable match uh, within the last like three years uh, in his in his early career. Uh, December 2019 became a two-time Creative Pro champion with uh, tag team champion Bobby Orlando. The pandemic kind of put a a stop on the run for a little while, um, and then in 2020, October 2020, he wrestled Brian Myers on Creative Pro TV, returning to Beyond Wrestling in 2021. Um, had a match against Bear Country at Beyond. And then um, October 15th, came back with Creative Pro, defeating JT Dunn, um, and then debuted on AEW Dynamite against MJF, which is, I remember that match, I'm sure everybody, a lot of people remember that. Um, and then we can go into his last match that I remember, which was great, the December 12th match against Bear Bronson, um, which was a highlight of that, that card, which we'll go over tonight. Um, and, you know, so now, I, I mean, I think we should all be kind of taking note of this. Uh, I know him over here on the East coast. Uh, the creative pro is really creative pro is really good on, on, as far as this side of the country, getting the talent out, uh, seeing guys all over that, all over beyond all over the, the Rhode Island, the Massachusetts area, uh, down here, we have another creative pro show in February. So, um, good to get out. Good to see these guys. You want to see more of shook crew. You want to see more of Bryce Donovan. He has a good following at creative pro. So keep an eye out for him. And, you know, this will get us into uh, this week's review. The Weekly Review. All right, now we've got a very Creative Pro heavy show this week. Our review is the Creative Pro Show. Happy Holiday, December 12, 2021, from the Night of Columbus in Lindbrook, Long Island, New York. And, and this was, a, this was a, the holiday episode. Um, it was at the VFW Hall in Lindbrook. It was a sold-out crowd. It was the first 
show that I sat front row for for uh, Creative Pro. I've been to two Creative Pro shows. I never got to the one at the school, um, but I went to the first one for Thanksgiving when I mean for Halloween when Danhausen was there, and uh, I took Austin from uh, If You Catch My Grift. It was a great great time. We had a really good time at the show. Uh, got to see you know uh, Danhausen there and and you know introduce some people to CPA that I, I was there with. Introduce some people to uh, Bobby Orlando and those guys, the big names that are over there. Um, and this was a really nice way. It felt very holiday-like. I feel like there was a ton of family there. And there were a ton of people from, you know, I think the wrestlers had a lot of family that were there as well. Uh, what, what do you think, CPA? You think that was, a, that was the case? A lot of families there for you guys? For the December show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, um, it, it, it's very strange that, like, since the pandemic has ended, uh, like, the, the the interest and the attendance for creative pro shows has just like skyrocketed and yeah it's just been it is like very family oriented but i feel like all the families who are there f- to see very specific wrestlers are also willing to kind of you know catch everyone else's drift and see what else is there so that's nice it, it but yeah like very very you know Bryce has his own group of people like dr cool has his own group of people like everyone has their own group of people but everyone is kind of willing to latch on to other people on the show so yeah very uh very you know very hometown crowdish stuff going uh participation going on at the creative pro show since the pandemic has kind of ended yeah i have to agree this was the first this is the first show i took my daughter to um for creative pro we've been to a couple of jcw shows but uh this was the first I, i mean i live like 15 minutes from there so it's it was great to get her there front row I had a friend there who brought his daughter. They're the same age, and and this was their first their first show as well. Um, and it just really felt it felt very very family, very holiday. I think that was just before we all started getting panicky about Omicron, so it was jammed. And it was nice to see you guys sell out the place. And it was really the line to get in was great. And and I, I love that feel like you pay like three bucks for a drink and a dollar for potato chips. You know, you get hot dogs. It's just, that's the kind of stuff that you want to take your kids to it. The matches are awesome. So you don't have to, and you also don't have to worry about, I mean, there's some language here and there, but it wasn't anything that you would go to and be like, okay, I got to cover my daughter's ears or, you know, things like that. Everybody who's out there kind of, I had to remind her, I'm like, you know, creative pros is school and these guys are very polished. The guys you're going to see in the beginning might not be as polished as the guys you see at the end. Um, you know, the, the students, you can tell the guys who have been there a long time, you can tell that's a very cool dynamic, especially as just a wrestling fan. If I didn't take my daughter, I'd probably feel the same way. Like you, you can tell who's learning and who's been there and who knows what they're doing. So, you know, the dynamic is really nice. And, and I thought that the show itself had a really good mix of, of different stuff on the card. You guys did a very good job of, of mixing some of the younger guys that I haven't heard of with a lot of the older guys to bring in the draw and having Cardona there and, and Myers and BSK and Mark Sterling and Max Caster and Bear Bronson. It was a, it was a really fun card, especially during the holiday season. It just kind of encapsulated what that was. Um, so Jayhawk, do you want to, you want to lead us off with the first match? Absolutely. We opened with tag team action. It was the learning tree of Brian Myers and VFK taking on the team of Phil and perfect Aaron Rourke and Philip Cardigan. Now, uh, Rourke and Cardigan have been kind of, there's been some under, uh, like some simmering of, uh, of uh, a turn here for Rourke. He seemed to be very upset with Philip Cardigan as far as, uh, as far as his personality goes. I, I hadn't seen Philip Cardigan that much until I started going to create a pro. 
Uh, he's a smaller guy. He wears his, I can't believe his glasses stay on the whole time when he's in his match. Um, and also when you see Myers and VSK, I mean, they're so polished. You just, you know, you're ready for something good. So I thought the match was really fun. Uh, you got a chance that, you know, some of it's filled to the floor. The, the ceilings aren't very high, so the ring's a little bit lower. When people come out of the ring, it's not as, you know, nuts for them to fall onto the floor. Um, the lighting is a little dark. When you watch the shows, it's not, they don't keep the house lights on. The light, there's like light stands and such. So I thought the, uh, I thought the match, especially the leadoff, got everybody kind of fired up to see Myers and VSK. And it led to, you know, that simmering of a, of a heel turn for Aaron Rourke. Um, CPA, what are, you, what are your thoughts on, on Cardigan and Rourke as a tag team? What do you think? I mean, you've worked with them for a very long time. What are your thoughts on how, how far Aaron Rourke has come and how far Cardigan has come? Um, so just as a team, uh, that was a seed that was planted pretty much. So like for Cap TV, the YouTube show, we were putting out fresh content every single week. Uh, throughout the pandemic, probably against uh, most CDC logic, but we were all safe about it. We were all testing and keeping, you know, making sure the temperatures are good and everything. Um, so yeah, like that's a that that's a dynamic that kind of developed over the pandemic. And thankfully, I guess it's like you know when you're putting out YouTube shows every week, you're not really sure like who's watching, how many people are watching, how many people are actually like what they're watching but i feel like once we got back to live shows everyone was like all right we know who these guys are we know what the story is now they may, maybe they need some people needed like a little refresher course but uh yeah like i think everyone kind of jumped on board with the the fill in perfect uh dynamic um i was around when aaron Ork first joined the school and he came along very quickly i've since had some of my favorite uh, I guess what, what, what would you call what would you call this like the resurrection of CPA the 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 second wind if you will sure. CPA second time uh, around yeah I've had some of my favorite matches with him so far uh he's he's a he's a tough opponent certainly um but again he just like gets better every time I see him and I, like Philip Cardigan used to be Grammar Cop and Grammar mm-hmm. Cop was Grammar Cop was what it was and it was a very like. He only did it at uh, VPW, which is another promotion out on Long Island. I guess maybe like if you want to bleep that out or whatever. Um, but he only did it there, and it was recognized by that crowd, but not like the crowd was just like he was just like a it was a very small heavy for like Smart Mark's crew. Um, and then like he got a he got like he got his bell rung on the show. And he like took a show or two off and then he just came back as Philip Cardigan. And it's just insane how quickly his stock has risen, and especially like like Cardona and Myers really like it. And like Mark likes it. So they've embraced it within like the major pod uh, universe. So, yeah, like the that those two's dynamic is very weird. I'm like, I'm kind of upset that we didn't get to see more of it on regular shows as opposed to Cap TV, because I feel like they could have. There was a lot of a lot of meat left on that bone as far as me and shows go. But that being said, yeah, uh, they're they're great together and they're great on their own. So I, I mean, like Aaron Ork is, you know, I I, I don't like saying like, oh, this person's going to be on TV in the next year, two years, three years, whatever. But like, I mean, it's like it, it's almost it's almost a given that Aaron Ork is going to be at least close to someone's TV within the next two to three years i'd imagine it can't be much longer than that and yeah. philip cardigan i don't know i mean he's got he's got a weird he's got a very weird upside to him where like i don't know how old he is actually 
So I don't know. I mean, he could be 22. He could be 42. I really I have no idea, <laughs> genuinely. But right. he also has an upside to him where, much like the CPA dynamic, where it's like you could really fit it in anywhere, and it kind of works, I think. Um, so yeah, they're yeah. great together. They're great separately. So either way, I think there there's a lot of potential there. But he takes he takes the beating um, in that tag team, and and Myers and VSK did give him a good a good beating. There was a couple of good mm-hmm. uh, segments in that match where where Rourke had uh, Myers in like a full, in a full crab, and then Cardigan does the half crab to VSK. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I he's he he took a, a bunch of big hits. Like he he was he had his bell rung a few times during that match, not in a bad way, but just like they used him as the guy they beat up a bunch. I mean, Aaron Rourke looks terrific. I mean, he's tall, yeah. he's got the physique. Like I, I totally agree with you there. I think um, I think he's got really good upside. And then and then Myers and VSK are just as professional as it gets. So that match was, was definitely a, a hot, a hot start. Uh, Jayhawk, what do you got on the time and the finish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before I get into the time and the finish, I do want to say, I, I think the fact that Philip Cardigan wore a Kirkman cardigan with a very nice touch playing into the theme of the show. Uh, I also love the fact that his big Hulk up bot and taking a cup of coffee and the caffeine kicking in. I, I, I really like, I, I, mm-hmm. it's a gimmick that I should hate and I love it. I can't help it. Uh, but it is, it is very entertaining. Uh, but it was VFK pinning Cardigan with a dude buster in eleven nineteen for the win. And then we and then we had uh, uh, for the holiday we had Myers's uh, kids come in, and my daughter who didn't know who his kids were said, "I don't want any wrestlers carrying me into the ring." And I said to her, "Those are his kids. No one's carrying you into the ring." So I had to talk her <laughs> off, nervous that Myers was going to pick her up next. And I went, "Why would they do that? Just like sit down and relax yourself." So yeah, that was, that was definitely a good, a good holiday ending right there. And uh, I think everybody got a, a big kick out of that opening match. Uh, so that was that. And we go into the next match. And the next match was for the creative pro TV championship Slade defending against Carlo Vite. Yeah. I, I, my, my opinion on, on Slade has always been, I, I know that I think he's CPA's buddy, but I, I don't want to get murdered. I just, I don't get it. And, and I, I just, I've always said that, but you know, the match was pretty hard, was kind of, you know, kind of hard hitting. And, and um, you know, Slate is just insane in the ring. And, you know, there's I don't I didn't know much about Carlo Weiss. Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about his uh, his background. I saw him at the, the Halloween show, but he wasn't in gimmick. You guys all had your Halloween costume. So I didn't really, you know, get a whole lot to see his personality. Um, so. Can you fill me in on like his his background and and what you know where did the the I guess metal gimmick come into? Yeah, so Carlo before he started wrestling, it, it, like Carlo was genuinely a like a metal guitar player, and he was in bands before he started wrestling. Um, so yeah, I mean, what you see is what you get with Carlo. He's come along really far uh, as a performer, as a wrestler. I, again, like he's another guy. I think I'm pretty sure I was there like the first night he ever came to the school. Um, and he, or he, he already knew what he wanted to do. Like his first or second day there, like he already knew he wanted to use his, uh, his musician musicianship in, uh, in wrestling. And I think, I mean, I think, he hasn't been seen enough by more eyes to kind of expand on his potential, but I think he's come a pretty long way with, you know, just putting that, putting that persona out there. He a Long Island guy? Uh, or he- I think he's from Queens actually, which is where I'm originally from. But yeah, he's, he's like, uh, yeah, he's a Long Island Queens guy. 
Oh yeah, I think Carlo is like definitely gonna he's gonna turn some heads if he if he commits to you know being seen by more eyes as the you know as the months go by. I think he's gonna you know he's gonna do he, he's gonna be someone to watch. I think. I think it's hard to to put on you know to show off I guess technical skills in a match against Slade because these guys just beat the crap out of each other as they went around. Um, and I, and I, I I think there was a spot Slade threw Carlo into the ring post and then the magnet came flying off into the crowd and uh, and they were on the floor a lot and I, I think uh, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure if this was the finish Jayhawk but I, I thought Aaron Rourke got involved in this one okay, um, Aaron Rourke got involved after the match okay so how did this how did the match finish on this one Go. Vike actually had an ankle lock locked in on Slade Slade power out of it and just immediately went into an elbow okay Right, so that it ended kind of abruptly, and then Aaron Rourke and uh, uh, came out with a chair, I think, and was beating you know Slade up, and then Cardigan came out to try to try to stop it, and then that's where we had our our heel turn for them, kind of go their go their separate ways on that one, or or Rourke kind of beat up uh, uh, Cardigan as well. Correct. Okay, so that so as we talked about before, I know CPA, you said you wanted you would have liked to have seen more of them as a tag team, but that was pretty definitive as he beats the crap out of Cardigan with a tear in, in the middle of the ring to uh to move on and then Rourke picks up the T V title and parades around with it and, and I assume that'll be his next challenger, um, and they'll use Rourke uh, you know, as the next challenger to slay going forward. Now I'm I'm glad you're on because I was going to ask you, and I've seen you post things about Slade before. Can you give me a little background on him as far as his uh, as far as his you know uh, experience with you in, in, at the school, or is he did he come from Creative Pro or was he somewhere else? I have no idea where Slade comes from. Slade just kind of was dropped upon us one day, and he is an absolute enigma among himself. I like genuinely, like, I have no idea what his backstory is. I, he's another guy. Like I don't know how old he is. He could be twenty-two. He could be sixty-two. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but he is a unit. I, I like. I don't know how else to describe him. I've wrestled Slade like four or five times, and um, that's those are like those are matches I'll probably feel in my bones until you know, like for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, Slade is again. Slade is a. a an enigma. That's all I can really say about him. He's he's like just one of the most unique people I've run into in wrestling. And that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's a good story. I, I I never I never understood. He also kind of popped up on my radar out of nowhere um, through a lot of your tweets. Actually, I think it was during the pandemic. He was doing stuff inside of like a trailer, like a truck trailer. Yeah, and like destroying things, and you were retweeting it. And I was like, where did this? Where what is this? You know. And then I saw him at some JCW shows. Um, he was with Charles Mason and he did a few things like that with that group. And then, uh, and then I, I, I know he, he was at creative pro, but, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of learn some more before I, I, you know, I don't want to get myself murdered by Slade for saying that I'm, I don't get it, but you know, that's, that's a good thing. I get a chance to hear a little bit more about him. So, um, Jayhawk, you want to, you want to you go into the, into the next match before I get murdered at the next time I see him. <laughs> Uh, before I do, before I do that, and obviously this may not be accurate, but according to Cage Match, Clade was trained at the Creator Pro Academy. Oh, okay. All right, there you go. Yeah, I, again, I don't, I don't know. He's a, uh, he's a, uh, he's a unique human being. I will try to act <laughs> right in the next IW show, but I'm not promising I'm going to remember. I'm not. I, I, I try. Uh, I'll, I'll 
piggybacking on that, I try not to ask Slade too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling is wild, man. There's just sure there's is. just so many things that that you find out about people or you don't know about people. I, I find it always so fascinating when you tell me a story. Like guys will be like, "Yeah, I went to the show. I worked with." You know, I did a ma- I did a I did a show with Ricky Morton. Oh yeah, how was that? I don't know. I went and I wrestled him, and then I got in the car and I went home. You know, instead of you know, like I, my mentality is always like, oh, we're in the same locker room. Like when I played sports, it's like I'm in a locker room. I'm going to go talk to that guy. But a lot of guys are like, no, I got to go do my thing. Then I got to hit the road and get on to the next town. So it's fascinating when you when you get a chance to like hear interactions with with others. You know how you're like, oh, I don't ask them a lot of questions. That's that I guess is for the best. <laughs> I, I feel like my I have the I just realized my my display name is from like from a discourse chat I was in like a year ago where we were reviewing the movie Ready to Rumble. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I was so wondering about that, but I literally I, I was like, wait, what? What is? Why is that my name? But anyway, uh, it's Jimmy Queen. For those wondering, we were watching <laughs> we were watching uh, Ready to Rumble. Jimmy King, Jimmy Queen. Um, I am the opposite of the guy after he's done. I want to hang out and like go out afterwards and mm-hmm. do that. And I think I became kind of the bane of other creative pro wrestlers who were doing AIW is uh, existence because like, now let's go hang out. Let's go get, get some beers and some, some food and stuff. And they're like, no, we want to go back to New York. I'm like, well, I didn't drive nine hours to, spend seven minutes here anyway go on Dude, I, I completely understand i get we went for the double header in april my brother and i and then the second night after eddie got announced against uh dom we got in the car and we drove home at like 11 o'clock at night and we i like walked in the door at like 6 a.m i don't know how you guys do it there were certain spots on the pencil on on 80 that i thought i wasn't gonna make it through like i, I was i thought i was gonna wake up and be in an embankment i don't know how you guys make that trip so fast you might want to just rest a little bit I tried to, but nobody else wants to. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what do we got, Jayhawk? Okay, from there we have the Creator Pro Tag Team Championship match. <laughs> Even Steven defending the championship against VBU and the Brick Kitty Boy. Now, I, I I really do enjoy the Even Stevens. I think the gimmick is hilarious. Um, but VBU really, really impressed me in this match. Now, we'll get to the ending, but those guys, Jack Tomlinson looks just like Tom Holland, by the way. Um, and I was, uh, and Dante drove, I like it. It's almost like a toned down street profits. Like they're like almost like athletes and they're wearing, you know, the basketball shorts, one of them, the other one's in tights. Um, you know, they're not coming out with red cups or anything, but it's a very like youthful athletic, you know, gimmick. And I, I really do like Jack Thompson. I see, I see a lot of, like, he's a very cruiserweight, you know, shape, um, you know, he's got the looks, the kids love him. You know, it, it's a, he's got a really good look. Um, I don't know a lot about the brick city boys, but they're very thick. I can tell you that I had that in my notes. And when I saw them come down, those are big dudes and the match had a really good pace and it had very good contrast and styles. So I think in a, in a tag team, I thought this was supposed to be a four way according to the, according to the card, but in a tag team match, that's not just two tag teams. You got to have those conflicting, uh, styles and it really worked. It was a very entertaining match. These guys were flying all over the place. Um, everybody seemed to be on the same page as far as what was coming next. So I was very impressed with these guys. But I will say, CB, I will say, Jack Tomlinson stood out out of out of all the guys in the bunch. So Jack uh, started training at Creative Pro when he was fifteen, going on sixteen. Um, but basically. Pat and Brian were like, well, yeah, you can train, but you can't do shows because you're not 18. So Jack 
literally came to training every single week for two years without having a single actual match in front of people. Um, so whatever Jack gets, he has absolutely earned by this point. Even just, just doing that, just like if I, if I started wrestling when I was 16 and I couldn't have a match, if they told me, oh, you can't have a match until you're 18, I don't know if I would have done it, honestly. Like, I mean, yeah, like probably just for the love of the game, but like just to stick with it every week and just like keep, you know, like rinse, repeat every single week for two years without like, again, having a match in front of people, not being able to, you know, use, use what you're learning in a, you know, in a crowd in front of a crowd. Like I, again, whatever Jack has absolutely earned all the breaks he's getting now. And he's, you know, he's doing pretty well right now. So I, uh, big fan of Jack Tomlinson. Yeah, he's a he's a big favorite over there. I can tell people people really wanted to cheer him. Although at the end of the night, we'll get into that. But um, I think uh, I think that match really was fascinating. The the ending segment. There was a masked man who came in to help uh, VBU, uh, and they became the new the new tag champs. And I I don't know if I I'm not sure if I even remember, but maybe we'll cover it at the end of who it was. But they had a masked man come out. I think it was a low blow and uh, BB won the tag belts and everybody was super excited and there was a lot of uh, confusion as to who that was, but that was a great match. I, I, I am a big fan of those two and I, I look forward to uh, to the next time I get to the Creative Pro Show in February to see them again. So, Jayhawk, what do you got on rumor the... Has it, sorry, yeah. Rumor has it, it was Dorian Graves, former member of Massage Envy, but I cannot and will not confirm that. I hope we find out next it. week, next time. I hate having, <laughs> I hate mysteries. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a wrestling fan. I need spoilers immediately. Well, I will. Okay, I've made no secret that I uh, that I really hate three way matches for the most part because they try too hard to make it one on one the entire time and guys kind of hiding out. What I like right. about this one is that was actually the rule of the match. It's going to be one on one. You actually have to tag in and out to get in. So there are times where one entire team on the apron hoping to get in and have a chance to win the match. I much prefer this type of structure for a three-way match. Well, I mean, I, I, I got to say, and, and CPL, I, I, I want to give you guys credit over there at Creative Pro. I will say for, you know, for for the school, I mean, I know that Myers and, and all those guys, you know, really do train you guys, and, and you have some really smart minds over there, but it every match seemed to make sense. So this one, Jayhawk, as you're saying, it made a lot of sense for the guys to be on the outside, like, Everything seemed very buttoned up, and I, I I think that's what I got out of it when I went the first time, and even this time, and and something that I think it didn't feel like some sort of like mishmash indie show. Like Creative Pro is is really tightened up. Everything that you guys do has meaning, and everything that the guys are doing um, looks good. So this match, as you were saying, Jayhawk, it, it it all made sense. That it really worked. Like the ending worked perfectly. Uh, the guys on the outside work perfectly. It didn't feel kind of like I'm going to throw one guy out of the ring and then the other two guys are going to do as many, you know, destroyers as they possibly can. So that was a very positive and I, and I, I liked, I liked the way it ended. I thought everybody was super excited in the crowd at the end of that match as well. We have the New York Athletic Commission to compete con- to contend with, so we have to make sure that we win our matches in a timely fashion before they shut the show down. So that's my defense on that. And also, Creative Pro is a good school. <laughs> the New York State Athletic Commission is garbage. They they chased away all those guys out of Queens when they were doing shows at the Elmcore Center. 
So, yep. uh, and then, and then, uh, the guy who owns wrestling universe out here, he used to own ICW and he was doing that. And he, he told me, you know, they, they couldn't do Elmcore anymore because they were getting all sorts of crap from the athletic commission. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I, I keep forgetting how, what a different universe like New York is, as opposed to going out to Ohio or going to Pennsylvania to watch, you know, indie wrestling. It's completely different. Yeah. We always have, we always have to keep, uh, keep that, keep that, uh, 10 what is it 11 o'clock we always got to keep that 11 yeah. o'clock uh everyone turns into a pumpkin at 11 o'clock so we gotta make sure we win, win our matches in a tidy fashion and if we gotta follow the rules a little bit sometimes against our best wishes then that's what we gotta do yeah tag ropes and everything yeah love a tag rope yeah i i obviously it's like a made up a made up bs story but i always love repeating it whenever, whenever the 11 o'clock curfew come cup the, the story that was kayfabe at, at a WWF show at the Spectrum one time, and they Pennsylvania had it for the longest time too. Was that shows would end at one or two o'clock in the morning, and there'd be a lot of divorcements because the wives didn't believe the husband were actually at a wrestling match until one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> there, there yeah. are some uh, some USA Pro shows from two thousand four and two thousand five that I think are still going on to this day. <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's my biggest my biggest problem is being at a wrestling show and you, you, you go up and down and you're all excited and you think that the uh, the main event is coming on and there's like three more matches behind it. You're just like, I can't stay this long. I'm exhausted. I can't I got nothing else to give you. I have no cheers to give you. I have no excitement. Oh, I, yeah, that's that's my biggest pet peeve is if, I'm at, if a show goes like four and a half hours out of nowhere because I just want to keep putting matches out. Uh, a good show, you don't notice how long it is. A bad show, you notice every minute, bit of how long that show is. But oh, and we've we've watched like, some bad shows with this with this podcast, so I can tell you that there are several bad shows that that go on forever. I'm still mad at Austin for that West Virginia show he made us watch a few months ago. But NWA Wildside, that was awful. Oh, <laughs> absolutely oh awful. What was that from? Like 2004? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. I, it was. I, it was going to be. At, it was going to be a tri-state, and it was. I think tri-state. Two thousand right. two thousand one or two. It was uh, Jerry Lynn and Rey Mysterio was the main event, and they only got like six minutes. And the rest of the matches that were so bad got. I mean, there was some. There were some in there that these guys. The gimmick didn't work, so they just kept pushing it on the crowd, and and it was just awful. Even the announcers were just. They had it at certain points. Yeah, there's like there, there's like the whole thing that like old timer, especially like you know, just like old timers are like, oh, we used to we used to work the crowds. Like, no, you, no, you didn't. I watched those shows. You didn't work anything. You didn't you don't understand. Stop. We had them for ninety minutes. No, you didn't. No, you that didn't stop awful. it. You didn't have anything. <laughs> yeah, the match, yeah, that, the match literally went three minutes and two minutes. Cause I, I headlock. Don't give me that garbage. Yeah, stop. Yeah, well, th- this was a perfect for a tag match. This went perfectly, and the ending was uh, was fitting for for where it was on the card. So, yeah. Also, like just as a kind of like a sidebar, like all three of those teams um, have really and like I don't. Jay Cruz of Brick City Boys has been around. Like he started, and then he went away for a while. Like him and Victor Chase have. I I guess like because of the pandemic, I forgot. Not that I forgot that they wrestled, but I just like hadn't seen them wrestle together in a while. Those guys are insanely good now. Um, they've just come along so far. I mean, like Steven Azure got in is probably one of the best like pandemic getting in shape stories of most of wrestlers. Um, you know, like he's doing great. I don't know. It, this is just like 
I didn't get to watch this entire match. If I'm being, if I'm being honest about it, I still have to like actually. I still haven't watched my match, so it's not it's not a slight on anyone else. But all three of these teams is like a perfect, perfect gel of you know different different dynamics of people and you know agendas and wrestling as teams and such. So yeah, sorry. That was good. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100. percent We did have new tag team champion crown VBU getting the win in 8:55 when Tomlinson hits the jack attack for the pin. From there, Leo Sparrow comes out. Being a vegan and he being the pretentious vegan and throwing spinach to the crowd. He threw it on me. He threw it right in our section. He threw lettuce right in my face. And my daughter's like, are you going to eat it? And I'm like, I'm not eating that. That came out of his bag over there. I'm not eating that <laughs> lettuce at all. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he he pulled that off well. And, and old Leo Sparrow was on uh, on Monday Night Raw last week taking an ass whooping from almost. Omos? Almost? Oh, boy. Yeah. Sure was, yeah. Yeah, I will say I will say that quote unquote Nick Sanders made almost look like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. That was good stuff. Yeah. I, I I like open challenges. I always find them to be super exciting. Even even when I don't know who the person is, like I just love when a guy gets in the ring and is just like, I'll fight anyone. Then it's always something either some giant dude or somebody that the fans like really explode for. So I was really happy when he did his his open challenge and Vargas came out, because I don't know a lot about Vargas, but I do know when I saw him, this like the third time I've seen him, he's a big, scary dude. He looks a lot like Umaga. And yeah. he like anybody who wrestles without shoes, I love. Dom, if you're listening, put your shoes, take your shoes off. But um, <laughs> I, I love I love the fact that he comes out with like the taped feet. Like it's just, you have to be a complete psychopath to wrestle without shoes. Yep. Sure do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not much to say about this match. Vargas proved that he's not vegan by biting Pharaoh before the bell. And they get the win with the power bomb <laughs> in like thirty seconds. And then and then Ariel and Nix came out uh to to cut a promo. And Ariel and Nix is a UXWA alum. I remember when she came out in twenty nineteen of December twenty nineteen, that 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 back to back AIW UXWA uh it was hell on earth, and then the next day was UXWA at the the church. Um, and, uh, Rick Nelson introduced me to her. Um, and I remember seeing her, she was the, the capital wrestling women's champion for a very long time. I actually saw Ariella Nix wrestle, uh, Nyla Rose before she, uh, before she blew up, you know, and, and became, oh. you know, super famous. She was at, at capital wrestling as well. Um, and Ariella Nix beat her with a, uh, with a roll up and it was, she had her feet on the ropes and she had the manager who was the, the feminist who came out with the signs. Um, I think she was the the owner's girlfriend at the time, um, and uh, and that was her manager. And that, that she was God's gift or whatever it is. But I'm very familiar with Ariella Nix. I like uh, I'm fascinated in seeing her kind of uh, you know go forward in her career. So it's kind of cool to see her in in uh, in Long Island. Mm-hmm. All right, from there we have a five man scramble for the Creator Pro Mayhem Medal. It is Jay George defending it against Kevin Tibb, Dan Barry, Mike Anthony, and Santa Claus. Gotta love Christmas show. Uh, Bobby Romano was supposed to be the kick man in this match, but was not medically cleared. And rather than cubbing him out, they just took him out completely, made a five-way, perfectly fine. Yeah, and and I love Dan Barry. So Jay George and Dan Barry are two of my favorites. I could, I like. I, I've seen Jay George a few times also um, prior to this, and I, I like his whole his whole deal, his facial expressions when he gets like exasperated in the ring. I just, I like what he does. And Dan Barry has always been uh, a favorite of mine going back a long time. So I, I love his Twitter. I just like the way he kind of behaves himself. 
Um, and and the match was the match was fun. There was just a lot going on. They had Santa Claus coming out and throwing uh, uh, candy canes into the ring, and guys were getting dropped on it. And then he, they threw them out in the crowd. And I look over, and there's my kid and her friend next to her eating those candy canes, said candy canes that those dudes fell on. So that was something. Um, but, but yeah, that match was that match was just all over the place, and 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 you know, good for a scramble for for mayhem. You want to call it mayhem metal? Then it, it was absolutely mayhem. It was it was good for what it was, and I think the fans were into it. Also, seeing Santa Claus take a beating. Well, like right, right at the beginning of the match, Cannonclaw can basically out cold, and you get cut into a chair, and pretty much everybody gets on Cannonclaw and tell them what they want for Christmas. Like, look, good stuff. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. They had some ridiculous segments to it. It was definitely, uh, it was definitely worth the price of admission for that match. That was that was funny. I heard some of the kids were screaming, "You're going on Santa's naughty list!" Um, so you know, you could see like. There was a lot of there was a lot of families and and the kids were using their minds there and uh, and that was fun. Um, it was it was good. It was just it was just a fun fireway and 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 Jay George lost that and and uh, and I, I just I like what he does. I like his entourage. I like him sitting in the director's chair when they they announce him. You know, I just I get a kick out of that. And and so the match was yeah, the match had everything that I I, I like. You know, in a, in a five way, it was fun. That was clearly not the real Santa Claus, though, and I feel lied to. Well, how do you know? Maybe it was. Maybe Santa's a wrestler, and he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not actually an old man with a beard. Okay. Santa uh, has been hitting the uh, Just for Men stash recently. That's <laughs> that's what I. That was the back, the backstage gossip I heard. Uh, <laughs> uh, the his his hat, wig, and beard fell off. You could literally see Liam Davis. Like even commentary called it out. Yeah, it was it was still worth it though for the kids. They all thought it was still Santa, even when he lost his head. We were just like, oh no, he just that's what he looks like underneath. <laughs> Liam Davis is just trying to find himself again. I guess I don't know. <laughs> sure. Uh, we, but the second title change of the evening: Kevin Tibb getting the win, pinning Jay George with a flying kick to the face, and Kevin thirty. Then from there we get a match that would be a main event on most independent shows, and then just the pre-intermission match here: Smart Mark Sterling against Platinum MacCaster. Yeah, this was an off. This was awesome. They, I, I, I'll, we'll get, we'll talk about the, the, the timing on it. I don't remember how long it was, but this was awesome. A great way to go into uh, intermission. Uh, you know, I just, you know, when I said before, like professionals, like these guys are professionals. Like they put on just a great match. Even though I was disappointed that Max didn't rap and he took money from people, said he would, he would rap for $11,000 and people were putting money in his hat. And I'm sitting there going, the guy's got an AEW contract. Don't be giving him money. Don't <laughs> <laughs> put money into his hat. What the hell are you people doing? My daughter goes, will you give him money? I'm like, I'm not giving him money. I watch him every Wednesday night. He's not getting money from me. But yeah, he, uh, he, yeah, he, he, he did that. I was a little disappointed. He didn't rap. He gave us one yo. And, uh, and, and the match was, the match was just great. I, I love that. I could sit there and watch guys like that all day long. Yeah, that's definitely a fun match. It starts, yeah, it starts when Smart Mark Sterling is doing the rap. Basically, can uh, that Mac capture a small dick, and that can come off, and the match gets going. I don't blame him. That would me off too. To that's all you have to do in wrestling is is tell the other guy, sort of insult his physique, and we're on. It's 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 yeah. here we go. <laughs> uh, it feels really weird of after watching like the last two years of independent wrestling, seeing Smart Mark Sterling basically being the babyface in the match. And it's not that he duck it bad badly. He's actually very good at it. It's just he got better heel, and that's how I'm used to seeing him, especially with all the AEW stuff. Go kind of a culture shock. Yeah, Marcus has to be versatile sometimes, especially with uh, 
way Max Caster rubs a crowd occasionally, Mark is just like, all right, I guess I'll be a uh, nice Mark tonight. Nice Mark is a very, very, uh, very not not an oft seen character, but it does happen occasionally. Yeah, and so I, I'm I, I didn't I, I hadn't seen Mark Sterling wrestle a lot. Like I, I know I've known who he is for a very long time, but I haven't seen it as far as television or or indie wrestling goes. And then the last like year with you guys doing your shows back and then him doing, you know, the major wrestling figure and then he's on AEW. So it's good to see. I like to see what's going on there. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the match was just, it was, it was just a good, good match. There was nothing like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, there's nothing I would, I have no nitpicks. I have nothing. It was just fun. Um, I was really excited to see it. So, you know, it was a good match going into intermission. Yeah, Max Caster is, uh, I like Mark too. I mean, I've wrestled Mark a million times. I've wrestled Caster usually pretty much only in tag matches. Um, but Caster is definitely someone I would like to test my, uh, test my might against as it were. Uh, just, I don't know. Max is just really, he's, he's, he's just really good. He's just like, insanely good wrestler uh again mark is great too but you know i can't i can't wrestle nice mark i have to wrestle smart mark but <laughs> if he's gonna be nice mark at, at create a pro uh i guess we can't do that but yeah caster is definitely someone who like his he's every, every every year i've known him he's like stepped his game up more and more and more and more and that's someone i definitely like to get in the ring with and we'll see what happens i don't know no, maybe I'll, no. if, if i have to rap against him i don't know how great that'll be but yeah you can, you know, you can do all sorts of uh, all sorts of accounting anecdotes and whatnot. That would be. They'll do a haiku. <laughs> I think it'll be a haiku. Yeah, Max Caster happens to be my mother-in-law's neighbor over there in Long Beach. So uh, I have yeah. a, I have a, you know, a small, a small place in my heart for old Max Caster when he did it. Used to do stuff from uh, from the boardwalk over in Long Beach. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But he uh, and his new video that he did uh, with Anthony Bowens up there when he was making fun of Sting. I saw he, that's the golf course I play at up there in Pomona. He was he was <laughs> filming that that show up there. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's great. I mean, I, the other night against uh, Derek Dillinger, that was that was a great uh, um, match. Also, and he did it just before the intermission to like kind of get people amped up. Those two yeah. went nuts on each other in that small Winchester uh, show, and that was that was very cool. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's zero, you can say bad about this match. It's something, if you saw it on any card, anywhere on the card, you'd be like, yeah, that's why I'm going to the show tonight. So yeah, it was, yeah. Well, Caster getting the win after a gearing of counter move, 12 minutes and 23 seconds. So then we get the intermission that, and IWTV kept the entire intermission in the show. Yeah, that, that was weird on the playback. I don't know why they did that. Sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't. It is really weird. But this was a long one. This was a long one to have a bunch, just a, a hard cam showing to the middle of the ring while everybody was walking around and eating and kind of doing their thing. So, uh, you know, if Jerry's listening, let's 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 uh, take out the uh, the intermissions um, and uh, and clean try it to up. Get that clean it up, bud. Yeah, tighten it up a bit. I mean, I don't. I God, golly, it's an award-winning network. Let's go, tighten it up. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of appreciated it. It gave me a chance to make some pizza roll without losing any time. But <laughs> but I, I yeah, you were watching. I'm, real I'm, time I'm in the minority though. I, I'm in the minority though. I get it. Wait, you you just left it on. You didn't decide to just fast forward. You're like, oh, there's an intermission. I'm just gonna get up and get pizza rolls while this is it's an like, intermission. Oh, it's it's like being at. It's like being at the show. It's sure, like sure. The show. Well, I, well, I, I figured. 
that they would not show the intermission. I won't have to worry about it. After about 30 seconds, when I realized, oh, they're not cutting from here, I'm going to get food. Yeah. Well, the food at the uh, at the show was good. There were dollar hot dogs and uh, and and the beer was really cheap. And, and that was definitely a, a fun little treat to, to have there. Um, and there was just a lot of people and everybody was very excited. So going into the second half, it was, it's a, it, you know, I, I, that was, I, I just thought the, the, the atmosphere in general was, was great. I, I don't know, CP, I think I can't wait to go back to that place. I just didn't, I just don't have any shows that are so close to me that I could get that excited about. And it's great that, that it's there. It literally is 15 minutes from my house. It gets me so amped up. Damn. I think it's like 12 minutes for me. So it's great. Yeah. Terrific. And there's never and home, but that's, that's a reason places to, go home. to go out. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of places if you guys do it on a, on a, on, you know, on a Thursday night or whatever, again, to go out afterwards, it's just, it's a good spot. And they, they, I'm glad they, they get a big crowd for those shows. Yeah. Same. It's great. It's only like eight hours for me. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just, just that kind of side before we get to the second half of the show. If I ever do come to Long Island to visit UJ Gold, you need to take me to, to Reckling Universe. I really want to check that place out. Yeah, they have three of them, and they're opening up another one in uh, in Massachusetts, from my understanding. And uh, he's got a show. CP, I don't know if you know, he he does that. He does a show now too. He he he's not an ICW owner anymore, but he has that other show, like Evolved Wrestling or something Evolution or something like that. I, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, no, they, I don't know. Yeah, he filmed. He did one out of Ridgefield Park, and he's doing one out of all the way east in Long Island. Is the next show sometime in March. So just something to keep an eye on. As, as, well, it, like one less show at Ridgefield Park is great. There's way too many wrestling shows at that building. I agree. Did you did you think that it 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 became a lot now? Now like everybody runs it. Like they run three shows a night sometimes. Three different uh, promotions. Yeah, <clears throat> Pro wrestling magic used to get like 400 people to that building and then everyone started running there and now it's not it's just not the same it was just like a it was a nice unique spot um that isn't really super easy to get to like by public transportation right so having to go there potentially three four times a month is probably not super attractive to most people um so yeah that explains that but yeah it was once like a cool building to wrestle and once every so often yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know if you if you remember, but WrestleMania weekend in 2019 or whatever it was when WWE was here, um, they ran, um, they ran like almost like a collective thing from that spot. And, you know, Capital was there and a bunch of companies were there and nobody did anything. Like nobody went to those shows. So, yeah, that was that was a weird one. So I think that's, but I think, because they were so, they were able to run shows there. I think that's why the people are starting to get back over there because these guys are letting them, you know, letting them do shows. So they're they're just anybody and everybody is running a show in there. Okay. Yeah, I think I don't know. It's 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 oversaturated to say the least. Uh, <laughs> kind of like when ECW folded and every independent promotion anywhere near Philadelphia had tried to run the arena. Yeah, everybody still tries to run the arena there, and, and I get it. You know, everybody wants to take a picture in front of the uh, in front of the mural. But, you know, you, you still can't sell what you, you can't recapture what ECW did in that place. No. Now moving to the second half of the show. Second half begins with a kick perk and tag team match. Johnny Clash, Evil Kip and Davy N taking on Dr. Cool, Notorious Mimi and our guest this week, GPA. And and uh, Davy Ann, who we we talked about last week, who Jayhawk, I know you're a big fan of, and uh, Notorious Mimi, who my daughter is is obsessed with, that she comes out with wings, and she thought 
when she came out of the crowd and CPA was in front of her that he had wings. So she was very excited. She was like, that was the guy we said hi to and he has wings. I'm like, I don't think, th- I think there's someone behind him, but yeah, that was a very, that was a very fan friendly group. The three of you, um, an evil Kip was really, really mean to us in the front and took my friend's daughter's hat and people were cursing him out. He really, he, I don't remember. I remember him. I don't know if you remember this CPA. He took a beating from Chuck, uh, uh, Chuck's oh man I can't remember his name this giant blonde haired dude in Capital Wrestling um, and oh, Chuck Chuck Payne Chuck Payne Chuck Payne yeah. gave him a two handed choke slam like a two handed like power bomb slam or whatever yeah. and knocked him out if you remember that and no but I'm glad to hear it yeah <laughs> that was that and, and that's the only and he was a good guy at that time and now he's a bad guy here but he was really nasty to some of us in the front row um but this was a fun this was a fun match you seem to get a very good reaction when you come out which is always nice to see mm-hmm. and uh and uh, Davey and that's like the that's like the third time I've seen her uh, on TV and or anything and, and I know Jayhawk said he's very impressed by her so but is so th- this is one of the I think Mimi wrestled on the on the October show also is she relatively new to the business I think she's kind of like a Jack Tomlinson where she's been training since she was like very like 15, 16, maybe. Okay. Um, I think she's at the monster factory in South Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. So she, yeah, she's been like just kind of plugging away for a while. And now, you know, she gets on like, like she's been on AW at least once or twice now. Um, so yeah, she's like doing pretty well for herself, I'd say, especially like whatever. I think she's just, I think she's maybe like 19 or 20 or something like that. Um, so yeah, she's definitely seeing, seeing some returns from, you know, sacrificing her, I guess what some people call her golden years of being like a late teen, early twenties type. Yeah, she, she was, uh, she was good. She had, she, she definitely is, has her look tightened up, um, as far as what she wants. Um, and I thought the match between the six, you really, it worked. It was, it was something good to come out of, uh, come out of, uh, uh intermission. Mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of got on their feet when you came out and, and we're really excited to see you, which is, which is cool. I, you know, I, I know you said you didn't watch your match back, but there were a lot of people, like people really got, as soon as they saw you come out and you guys, you know, the big smiles and everybody was really happy about it. So I thought this was a great way to come back. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there's not much I, you know, what it, I didn't, I didn't have, I don't have a lot of gripes about this week's show because I loved it. I was there. I had a great time with it. So I thought this was a good placement for it. And I thought you guys, you know, all six of you played your parts very well as far as, as far as the match goes. Yeah. Again, it was, uh, you know, any, like any chance I got to beat up Kip for a few minutes is great. I didn't really <laughs> get as many opportunities as I wanted to because there were two other people there that I had to contend with. But, uh, yeah, any, any opportunity I get to and like, I don't know. I, it is kind of to the point where I'm sick of being in the ring with him just cause I'm like, uh, like, I don't want to like look at him. And he's just like, like he thinks like throwing someone's hat across the ring is like this big, you know, like, Oh, like oh, look at me. I'm this, you know, like, uh, I'm, I'm this big, scary bad guy like oh look at me i'm you know like bruiser brody or something you know like i don't know what he thinks he's doing with like the whole like evil guy thing um johnny clash i used to be you know like i'm friendly with uh you know him and weirdly him and kip have formed like kind of a kind of a thing there i don't know what that's all about but 
I don't know. I hope Clash kind of sees the light and gets away from that. Davian oh. is Davian is a tough customer. Uh, that was my first time in the ring with her. And like Creative Pro traditionally doesn't really do like intergender stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is why I was like, oh, this is going to be a weird match. Like, what do I do here? Uh, but yeah, I think we were for the most part able to kind of not go too crazy with the, you know, intergender violence or whatever i know a lot of people are kind of uncomfortable with stuff like that um yeah overall okay experience except for losing the match uh yeah yeah, i don't know i got again i got i got to hit kip a few times that was cool uh i got to you know again it it sucks having two other people there and you can't really focus all your energy in one person yeah but uh yeah i don't know overall uh you know seeing watching Mimi kind of I like I don't really know her that well I haven't really seen her wrestle too many times uh so seeing her kind of go out there and the crowd liking her was pretty cool uh Dr. Cool is a new guy I think he's like 19 or something like that like he's a he's a young and he just started training oh, wow. maybe a year and a half ago maybe a year I don't know not too long uh but again he's coming along he has his little can I let me ask you something? So, so you go out with a guy like that and with Mimi, right? They're both young, like you know, late teens, early twenties. You know, relatively fresh. Do you get yourself? Yeah. Do you do you as a as a more of a veteran? Do you get nervous going out there with people who are very green, or do you say to yourself, "All right, I gotta," you know, "we gotta get you guys through this"? Or what? What's your mindset when you go into something like that? No, because uh, I mean, like I've seen. Obviously, I've seen enough of Dr. Cool to know that he, you know, he has his stuff in line. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to, you know, get through a match on his own without, you know, being, you know, like needing his, uh, needing to be guided through necessarily. And, uh, I don't know. I was like, yeah, Mimi's, I, I, I think Mimi has Davy. I mean, Davian's like, you know, Davian's very tough, but I was like, ah, oh, I think, I think she's got it handled. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, no, no. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't really super nervous going in, so it just is, Again, I, I I figured that the people I was with were competent enough to get there. And if uh, and if they couldn't, then I don't know. We have we have each other to lean on. But no, uh, yeah, I'd say I, I'd say overall it was uh, again other than losing the match, it was a it was you know it was nice to see the, the the two youngins that I was teaming with get through you know get through and connect with the audience and make some memories. It was it was nice. Cool, good. That's that's interesting. I, I I always wondered what it's like for somebody like when you when you were like oh yeah this person's like nineteen and been only worked like I always wonder what goes through your head if you if you're gonna go out there and be like oh man this is gonna be you know this is gonna be a night or you're gonna say to yourself yeah I think we'll be we'll just do our thing and leave I, I just I, I'm because it's like if you went out there with a rookie in this you know in sports and you're like okay rook let me see what you got or do I have to you know do I have to walk you through it so. Um, but they're not, uh, I, I guess she's not really a rookie or, she, or, you know, just young. I guess there's a difference between being a rookie and being young. Yeah. So, uh. yeah, they, I think they've both gotten enough reps in by now to be, you know, at least competent in front of a crowd. I've had, I had more rough experiences with people who are, who were adults when Mimi and Dr. Cool were born and they, then, then I had with them that night. So, right. I'll say that for them at least. Right. Excellent. So what do you got, Jayhawk? What do we got for the finish there? It was Johnny Clash pinning Dr. Cool with a roll-up in 5.30. Good time. The timing was good for that match. It, it, it was it was perfect for leading up to the final two matches, which were which I'm, I was very excited about. So we go to our semi-final match, and it was this week. IWTV Spotlight recipient, Greg Donovan, taking on Bear Bronson. 
And right at the opening bell, the crowd starts chanting both the guy, both the guy, which I enjoy. Although by the end of the match, the crowd is getting more and more behind Donovan and left him, I don't want to say left and left behind Bronco, but that's not really fair either. But they were getting really into Donovan by the end of the match. Uh, I will say this match is one of those matches where, um, so I, so I, starting off the match, it started off hot. And by the end of the match, everybody in the entire place was invested in the, in the finish. So that was the cool, I thought this was the best match of the night. That was the coolest part. My daughter watching something like that, she was losing her mind during that match for Bryce. She was rooting for him every step of the way. But watching those two guys, Bear, Bear Bronson is fucking awesome. That dude is tough as nails. He's awesome. Bryce Donovan looks the part. He's like 6'5". He's, you know, perfect shape. The guy looks great in the ring. And he had his section over there, and who knows if that was part of it. But they went into the crowd. You had people punching members of his entourage. You had, you know, you had them going all over the place, so to speak. Um, I mean, there were some really big, you know, false finishes in this match. This match was fucking awesome. And I, I honestly, it made me like both of these guys like 50 million times more just seeing, you know, this match. I've seen Bear Country live. Um, as a tag team, and I hadn't seen Bear Bronson by himself. He had, he's awesome. He just really is a great like. He just watching him in there. The two. No wonder they let him like you know go against Hook, and they put him in in AEW and other in other spots. I mean, he's just a really solid. You know, really excited. They're both really exciting, and the match was great. I had, I have no complaints about this match at all, and I have no negatives. I just really enjoyed sitting there and watching this match too. Just like that Caster and Sterling match. Seeing two professionals go like that was exactly what I, I, you know, what I like to see when I go to a show. I don't need like ten of those matches, but to see two matches like that was that made my night. Bryce has come along so like that he was ever bad, but he he's gone through like when he first he, when he first started wrestling, he was like just like the tall guy who did like some power moves and like didn't really do much else and then like slowly but surely he's been chipping away at like confidence and stuff like that and he has just absolutely become a like i said about i said about slade before a unit like he has become a unit to himself to the point where like him and bobby together as a team are great and separately they're like just as good like there's no there's no um like there's no codependence there. Like they're both amazing by themselves, and Bryce has definitely proven that, especially over the past few uh, Creative Pro shows. So yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't really need to speak for Bronson. Bronson, you know, Br- Bronson has the uh, has the employment status where I don't have to, I don't have to talk about how good he is. Bronson is great. Bronson is, you know, like just a force among himself, and like. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how far, how much further to get into it. Like everyone, yeah. knows Bron- everyone knows yeah. Bronson's great. I don't. There's, there's nothing more I could say about it that won't be, you know, it won't sound like me gushing and you know trying to, trying to be one of those dudes. He's just great. He's just yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with gushing. Yeah, there's nothing yeah, wrong with gushing. Poor guy. It's great. I love it. I, yeah. I'm glad to hear it come out of you. Who knows? You know, you you're so familiar with the scene. So. You know, it's great to to hear another person, you know, another co-worker, you know, so to speak, kind of talk it up. And and I thought the match just delivered on every level. So, you know, it was definitely uh, it was definitely something that, you know, it could have been a main event. Also, if you didn't if you didn't have Cardona there, 
Um, and they put that on as a main event. It would have worked also for that crowd. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you, if you were in the room watching the whole thing or if you're behind the curtain, but the place was unglued at the end. Yeah. I was, I watched most of the last two matches and this match was like, the crowd was insane and like the energy was great. And I don't know, like it, it and I guess the thing with like this match and the main event is that, yeah, they were both main event mat level matches, but they were two different energies to them. Like, you know, yeah. Cardona, Cardona has carries his own energy with him and Bronson and Bryce were like, uh, I don't know. It, it was, it was more of a physics, you know, like it, it, there was a physical oh, yeah. escalation to it that made it a main event match by the time it was over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what I that that's where I, I like by the end like people were just so invested in this these two they were exhausted you know they were just beaten by the end and the finish was great so um, Jayhawk I, I don't know if you what your opinions are on there but it it honestly was it that was it could have went it could have been a main event but I was glad you know we had just to be able to see it oh de- definitely a fantastic matchup uh, the one that could be the one grape I have for production on this show. I guess Nick aired live on Twitch before it got uploaded to IWTV. Yeah, yeah. Apparently on Twitch, yeah. they were showing replay every once in a while. The commentary make mention of it a couple of times during the match. Let's take a look at the replay. And there's no replay. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know what was up there. But you, you don't pay for the premium tier of IWTV to get the replays. That's the problem. I guess. I guess. <laughs> That's the $15 tier, not the $10 <laughs> tier. <laughs> He would break down and get in the pin with the TKO in 1754. I agree with you. It was probably my favorite match of the night, and that's not a knock on the next match we're going to talk about. But it's great, too, but looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that last match is for the Creator Pro Championship. The one-man boy band, Eric James, defending against Matt Cardona. And I love... I love the one-man boy band gimmick already. And James comes out to the ring, going to enter into music, which is, I want it that way. And then he gets pissed at the crowd for king along with them, even though that's going to catch you hell, and who's not going to king along with it? Yeah, I, I um, I like the fact that uh, that Cardona was the decided to play a face in this match, and he goes by Mittens, who was sitting there on the corner, and Mittens is wearing a Nick Gage shirt, and he's cursing out Cardona, and Cardona looks right in the camera, and goes, "Bro, I'm a baby face," and he just goes and he's slapping everybody five and everything. <laughs> I just, I got a kick out of that. I thought it was funny. I, I, I put like a guy like like. To be that rabid at like when you're if after you've sat through three hours of Creative Pro and Cardona comes out, I don't care if you are MDK whatever. You felt the vibe of the crowd. It was a holiday show. Do you got to start cursing Cardona out the second he comes through the the like the curtain? Like read the room, dude. Take a breath. Like, um, I get you want to cool. Yeah, Bitten's reading the room is uh. <laughs> something, something we've been looking for for a long time. Yeah, I mean that. I just, I, I, I didn't get it, and I, I, you know, there's, it, it just, it's something that bothers me. And when you go to independent shows, just, you know, dude, it's a holiday show. Let's, let's just play. The, you want me to pretend you're a good guy in this show and not the bad guy on the other shows? I'm in. I'll be. I'll suspend whatever you want me to suspend. And uh, you know, if you want good guy Mark Sterling instead of smart Mark Sterling, I'll let you be good guy. You know what I mean? Like. It, it, it just didn't make any sense to me and because like it, the vibe was so happy and then it turned into that but either way the match was was of course very professional cardona's huge i i, I mean yeah. you know like you met you you with these guys like when i go like so when i go to aiw and i stand with some guys like i'm i'm sometimes i'm the same height you know like 
you know, that's, I'm, I'm like six, two. So sometimes I'm next to them, but I'm never the Cardona is like four of me. Like his bicep is bigger than my, like my leg. And, and yeah. so is Myers. When I shook Brian Myers hand, I was like, this dude is fucking huge. And like, when you look at him on WWE TV, some of those guys are even bigger. And I'm like, my head is just like spinning, but Cardona's huge. And like, just watching a guy like that, a WWE guy who's, you know, who's, who's been in the system, who's been on TV. That's just a fun way to end the night and, and, you know, the match and, and it, it worked, you know, it just, it was a good, it was good for, for the end of the holiday, you know, show. And, and that, that the, the champ is, he's, I, I, I like him. He's a good, bad guy. I, I didn't know that he just recently won that, I guess from, uh, was it VSK? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that until last the, the the Halloween show, but yeah, he's. I mean, that's great. I like I like seeing a good guy kind of chase the title. So that that was a fun a fun match. Yeah, yeah. I uh, that was another match. I I didn't watch like every second of it, but I watched probably like seventy five percent of it. And yeah, I mean, Eric James. I just wrestled him the other night. He is he's. I mean, like he's a guy who's been around for uh, like fourteen, fifteen years, I guess. And he was just like kind of hidden on long island for a while like he did he had like a run like fwe i don't know if you're familiar with fwe yeah was just of course like, yeah like he had a run there and he did like other stuff but again he was just kind of like hidden on long island and then once he started kind of hanging around creative pro more people have seen him now so more people are appreciating what he has to offer and he has also expanded his game i mean like he's just you know he has he has a presence about him um Sometimes that presence is a little, or at least as I found out on Thursday, that presence is a little tricky occasionally. But uh, yeah, no, he's great. I mean, he's 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 definitely so, like he's definitely a guy who just like has more to offer than I think he's been given a chance to show. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I thought he he really held his own in there as 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 a as a top main eventer now let me ask you going back to the fwe reference you made jayhawk i don't think you know what that is um family wrestling entertainment it was a it was out of nowhere this guy like from my understanding and 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 i spoke with the owner of wrestling universe who knew him apparently it was this kid who came into a lot of money from like a car accident like hundreds of thousands of dollars and he decided to put together these like super cards and i went to like two of them at the Center. And I remember asking people, I'm like, who the fuck, where did this kid come from? Or who, uh, who owns this company that they can afford? The opening match was Eric Young versus Colt Cabana. And then <laughs> it, went into, it went into the Young Bucks and, and uh, oh, man. Oh, John, Johnny Nitro or John Morrison, whatever he was, he was on there. And they had, like, every single big name. Matt Morgan was on, the, was on it, Brian Kendrick. Um, I, was, I had a cigarette outside. <laughs> with Matt Morgan. And, and I was like, this is bizarre. Like he was standing, it was freezing out there, but the cards were so, Oh, AJ Styles was on it. Yeah. Like I could not understand how this dude, and then it just disappeared. Apparently he ran out of money. The, um, the most baffling thing to me about FW is he flew stone cold ET in for a show from Chicago. Like he said, I'm going to pay for you to get on a plane to come to New York to do this like very, very niche. And don't get me wrong. Stone Cold ET is a legend in my house, but <laughs> I don't know if I'd be paying him to come to my wrestling show. I, I don't like, know if I would pay for a ticket to see him on a wrestling show. But. I don't think most people would either. Maybe just have him film a quick promo and 
No, show it on the show it on the Titan or something. He, he streamed it. Yeah, he that dude had like he had like YouTube or it was on Facebook Live. Like he had a lot of like that thing was like I could not understand. I remember going to like two shows. I'm like, look at these cards. Like, look at who he was bringing in, and I could not fathom where. And then all of a sudden, it just disappeared. And I was like, whatever happened to FWE? When I asked the guy at Wrestling Universe, he's like, yeah, the kid ran out of money, and it just that's it. Like that was all it was. This is like he used to like fly fly in and pay Maurice just to do commentary. So really, yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. Like I'm, I'm she she's a she's a great personality, but like to do commentary, like full you know, like I'm I'm sure it wasn't like a twenty dollar gig, you know, like mm-hmm. where where does she live in California, Montreal? Like I don't know where she lives, but I yeah. she does I'm almost positive she doesn't live in New York. So No, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, and he, he those if you look at like the Facebook page, the FWE Facebook page is still up and like I went over the matches and I mean, one day we'll have to go. We'll have to watch one of those Jayhawk just just for the hell of it, not not for IWTV. I just watch them because they had every single you know big name independent and non independent wrestling star, and I could not understand how this dude afforded it. But I guess we had our answer because he went out of business. So anyway, <laughs> back to uh, well, while, back to the finish. Well, yeah. While we're while we're on here, I looked it up while you guys were talking about it. Go look at the last show the cage match had on record, March eleventh, twenty fifteen. Johnny, I Gar- was at that show. Johnny Gargano against Bandito Junior. Ben Ortiz, Kai Katana, and Cam Shioka against Jorge Conti, Mike Long, West Draven, Orange Cassidy against VSK, Chuck Taylor against Robbie E. David Starr and JT Dunn against Jigsaw and Tony Nee. Shelly Martinez against Diana Paragno. Tommy Dreamer against Chris Hero. The Young Bucks against The Colony. Paul uh-huh. London and Veda Scott against Kenneth LeRae and a uh, wrestler who will remain nameless but known for a uh, dick bot. Rowie Giant. There you go. <laughs> and AJ Styles and John Hennigan, John Mork and Johnny Nitro, whatever the fuck mm. you want to call him in the main event, two out of three fall. Fuck that yeah. great card. Look at look at that. Look how many talents he that dude put on that. And those guys were all known. Like it wasn't like, oh, this was in two thousand and two before anybody knew, you know, AJ Styles. No, this was like Japan AJ Styles. Like brought brought him in, and and the Young Bucks against the Con- like, holy moly, that dude. I remember Candice Story took a spot on the floor in that match. Like she jumped off the top rope. And and went to the cement, and I was just stupefied. I could not fathom what they were doing there. You know, seeing seeing those guys on the card, I couldn't fathom what they were doing there. But you know that that was that's some that's some New York lore right there. It's a, that's mm-hmm. a company that that has never hasn't seen the light of day in eight years or yeah. so. All right. Anyway, getting back to our main event of the show, we actually watched here. Uh, Matt, <laughs> obviously, Matt Cardona is a very polarizing figure. There are some people that really love him. There are some people that really hate him. Uh, I was a Knack Ryder fan when he was in WWE. I love to hate Matt Cardona. Like, he comes to AIW, and I love yelling at him and kirking at him. I don't hate the dude. I, I enjoy watching his matches. I wouldn't have that much fun yelling at him at AIW show. Uh, I, I think he gets yeah, a bump rap in a lot of Yeah, I root for him because he's Long Island. So wherever he is. Like or you know anybody in New York, New Jersey, I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna root for. That's why I, root, I rooted for CPA the second I saw him. Anybody from New York, New Jersey, I'm gonna root for you. Um, and and 
even if he gets, you know, he, when he's a bad guy, fine, I'll boom. But when he was there as a good guy, yeah, I'll, I'll cheer for him. I thought the match was, he played, a, he played, he knows how to do it. So it felt, you know, it felt natural to root for him. <laughs> and the last six minutes of this match, after they do the double clothesline for the 10 count spot, fantastic. Lotka near fall, guy going for finisher. James actually gets the Rough Rider on Cardona for a near fall at one point. James brings the belt in, ends up eating the kill switch. Cardona goes to use the belt. Referee goes, no, you're not going to use it, which allows for the low blow. And then we get a spot where the referee almost gets hit like three or four times before Cardona, Mick, and James can catch the referee with a forearm. We get the Rough Rider. Second referee comes out, counts the pin at 1901. Cardona announced that the new champion. But the first referee wakes up and reverts into the decision because he got hit with an inverted forearm. I didn't realize Ducky Rogue was alive to book this show two months <laughs> ago, but, they, but there you go. Uh, mm. I kid, I kid, kind of. Uh, uh, after the match, VPU comes out to jump Cardona until VFK, Mark Sterling, and Brian Meyer make the cave. And then, even though we speculated on who the Mac Man was earlier to help VBU, what could actually Eric James and VBU coming out to help him? Seemingly unprovoked, and now they're and now they are bad guys, and the crowd was stunned at old Jack Tomlinson and 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 team becoming uh becoming the the dastardly villains at the end of that match. <laughs> I like it. I like where it's going. Take the young kids, put them together. You know, the young looking guys, and put them with the champ. Uh, oh, very reminiscent of the Edgeheads. <laughs> yeah. So now you have those two guys as the uh, as the young guys, and and. You know, Eric James is the as the older statesman, and I, I like that. I like the three champs together. That, that that's going to be an interesting uh, uh, stable that they put together there, and it worked because, of course, it did. I really feel like Creative Pro is uh, you know when you, if it's going to be run by Myers and and guys who are you know seasoned pros, then it's it's going to make sense, and and it definitely worked and made sense. So that was a cool thing. I did want to catch a PBR when they all started throwing them out, um, but uh, <laughs> not so lucky. Did not get a beer out of that one. Um, but that was a fun way to say goodnight to everybody as far as the uh, as far as the the go home. A lot of fun. I was excited to hear that they were going to come back sooner than later. Um, I knew that, you know, nothing was going to go on in, in January, but super excited to to see you guys all come back in uh, in, in two weeks or so. And uh, I got my front row seats for that mad that card, which is going to be insane. Hell yeah. Nice. And I'm sure I'll eventually watch on Ivy TV whenever that wine cup popping up. Yeah, no, I, I got to be honest. Uh, I, I I'm su- I, I don't think I'm going to miss too many of these uh, these creative pro shows. Even I, I haven't been out to the one at the school. I heard uh, the one when you guys came back was was pretty crazy. You guys opened up the gates or the doors or whatever. Is it like a, a garage door, so to speak, yeah. like to the school? Yeah. Do you yeah, like doing, that? Do you like doing shows out of there, or do you would you rather? Do I I do, but I prefer Lindbrook just because it feels like more of a. It feels more. It feels like more of a venue. I feel like it's not. I don't know. Again, I like doing shows at Cap, but also like at a Cap, you, at, like at the Creative Pro building, you can only. There's only really like two. There's like one side you can kind of where a majority of the fans are. Whereas like Lindbrook, I mean, there's only three sides, but you know, it's still. I don't know. I I just like. I just like when it feels like there's more people there. How many people can you fit into that into that um, Creative Pro school? I mean, legally, like a hundred. Legally, yeah, we're probably only allowed to fit like a hundred in there. But I mean, that July show, there were probably more than a hundred, I'd imagine. Well, the tickets um, were free, right? That the one that you guys did when you came back were were free to begin with. So I mean, sold I would, out, sold out at free. Yes. 
Yeah. And so I would assume that a lot of more people are going to come if they don't have to pay. <laughs> Once yeah, you put the that, money on it. Then, yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely like kept that show was so crazy that I at least kept people willing to then spend money on other shows. Right. Well, I think it was really goodwill. I mean, it was, it was very goodwill to the fans. Um, and, and, and that's all you can ask for. I, I know as soon as I started seeing shows coming back, I was super excited to go and, you know, buy from everybody and kind of support again, because in, in your business, you know, you, you rely on, on the fans buying merch, you rely on the mm-hmm. fans buying, you know, concessions. So that really like, that broke my heart during the pandemic, seeing uh, like all the guys down and out and, and saying, look, this is, this was what I was doing. All my shows were canceled, you know? So seeing them come back and give the show for free, absolutely. That kind of goodwill, you know, converts over to now the VFW, which feels, it does feel very, you guys have your own fan base. Everybody knows the gimmicks. Everybody knows who's coming out. And I, it, it, it took me a little bit to get to, to know that. And then I, you know, and then I watched it and, and I realized what that is. And that's great to have that community, that Long Island community. And it does feel like everyone there is from Long Island. Like they should be owning everyone in there owns a bagel shop and, and is a Mets fan. <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, so that that was a cool that's a cool thing. And, and I look forward to that next time uh, that February show. I think it's uh, it's the big fellow Luke Gallows is going to Doc Gallows yep. is going to be there. And, and there's a lot of really big names. So I, I suggest everybody kind of check that out on Twitch when it runs and CPM. I hope you're going to be there. And, uh, I, and be yeah, there. I will be there. I'm not sure what I'm doing yet, but I will be there. Excellent. So all of our IWTV guide listeners will, will know that you, you'll be at that show as well. So that'll be fun. So Jayhawk, what are we, what are we going to give, uh, give this show as far as our, our wrap up? Uh, it, it's an easy thumbs up show. Like, I mean, the only thing you could really say was bad was Varga and Leo. And can you really call that bad at 30 seconds? Like I that's a great show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I definitely a thumbs up, and, and I suggest everybody who uh, who wants to get to know more about Creative Pro to look it up. Now, uh, CBA, do you do do you do Wrestle Pro shows, or or are you always or is it now? Can you just real quick? I don't want to keep you on too much longer. I don't want you to like feel like we're holding you hostage here. But <laughs> the the Wrestle Pro School and the Creative Pro they're linked by by Pat Buck and by Brian Myers, or or is it its own entity who puts out its own talent? Um, yeah, so the Russell Pro School was started by Pat Buck in like 2012. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's been around 10 years. Um, so like Vargas, Brick City Boys, me, technically, I'm originally from the Jersey School. Cool. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? I don't know. There, there, there's a smattering Anthony of Anthony Bowens, right? People from both schools. Uh, Anthony, yeah, Anthony Bowens. Um, you know, actually, Bear Boulder is originally a, uh, uh, Jersey school guy. I think he started right before me. I think he started like maybe uh-huh. a week before me. Um, what else is there? Yeah. So they run their own, sh- they run their own shows. They, I think, I think there's more creative pro guys on wrestle pro shows than vice versa. I do mm-hmm. feel like, when, you know, when we started doing cap TV and we would bring in re- more wrestle pro guys, I feel like those guys have found their way onto the regular cap shows. Um, so there is more of a crossover now than there was previously. Like Aaron Rourke is the Russell Pro champion right now, you know. Um, so yeah, there is there is a crossover there. Uh, but yeah, Russell Pro, I I do I I I made amends with uh, Russell Pro management after some some years of uh, uncertainty, and I've started doing their shows again recently. I'm oh, in a 
Yeah, I'm in a weird little rivalry with Sean Donovan, where for some reason that I can't really explain, these ECW guys keep coming out and helping me win their mat- win my matches. <laughs> Not really sure what that's all about, but I guess one day I'll have to corner Danny Doring or Sandman and see why they keep running in on my matches and helping me win. I, I don't know. I mean, like I probably had posters of them on my wall when I was a kid, so maybe they're just like, ah... Big fan. We'll just help him out a little bit. I don't know. We'll find out one day, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I I'm actually on their next show, which I believe is on February 5th, the day before the next uh, Creative Pro show is on February 6th. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want? I think that was a really me? long version of. I like it. I needed. I I always wanted to ask you that. I always want. I always want to know about the uh, the two schools as well. I think it's it's better than me and my brother just doping around and speculating on who does what because <laughs> that's what we normally do. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to plug before we let you go here? Any social media handle, thing of that nature. Uh, I'm everywhere. You know, every uh, Twitter, Instagram at CPA wrestles, no underscores, no spaces, nothing like that. Uh, again, this Thursday, I'll be on IWTV on uh, Beyond Wrestling, Wrestling Open, whatever you want to call it. I'll be there making my return. Um, other than that, most of my stuff right now is in February. I'll be at Creative Pro. I'll be at Wrestle Pro. I'll be at Blitzkrieg Pro. A lot of pros, a lot of pros, not too many cons, thankfully. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to be bopping around. Uh, I have, I mean, again, if you follow me on Twitter and Instagram, pretty much everything I do is on there. I tweet as often as I can because a lot of weird stuff happens at the office during the course of the day that I just really feel like everyone needs to know about. Um, (laughs) Other than that, I'm trying to think of what else I have coming up. I used to be on a podcast called Off the Hop Rope. We have since not updated. We haven't done any new episodes in a while, but if you want to, hear about things that I was up to between 2018 and early 2021 that you can check me out there off the hop rope. We, uh, talked to, we would pair craft beer with pro wrestling match, uh, matches. And, uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of my old stuff on IWTV. Um, if you want to off the hop rope is great. Well, that was a, that was a great podcast you guys used to run. So I hope it, I hope it comes back. It was it was fun. Honestly, like, again, I, I really enjoy, like, I really enjoyed doing that podcast, but I guess there, if there was one positive about the podcast going away, I was able to kind of trim my, my, my midsection down a little bit. Cause I wasn't drinking as much high calorie beer every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anything, that was a positive that the podcast kind of going away, but it's, you know, it, it's all, it's all for the best. Like Mark is at AEW now. Troy is, Doing whatever, whatever, whatever the fuck Troy does, like fi- fixing thermostats and taking off the pool cover at his house, whatever Troy does during the course of his day. Uh, but yeah, um, other than that, again, I have a lot of stuff on IWTV if you want to become a little more well versed in what CPA is and does. Um, and again, follow me on social media and I will let you know what I'm doing on pretty much a daily basis. Excellent. So on, on my side, um, you can follow me on, on uh, Twitter, uh, jgold 12 Not much going on there except me yelling at politicians and then looking at wrestling. So it's, it's, it is what it is. So before we go home, uh, you can actually catch me this coming Saturday, January 22nd, working for Real Action Pro Wrestling and their Cold Front show at the Highland Center in Southern Ohio. That is a 15 bell time if you're in the area. And January 29th, I'll be working for uh, Mega Championship Wrestling out in Elyria, Ohio, community college out there. Check those shows out. Follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk. 
Follow me on Instagram at Jayhawk1539 and occasionally on Twitch at RefJayhawk. I have to thank CPA for joining us this week. I, I reached out to him last week and he, he graciously agreed to do this with us. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. I like hearing the insight into uh, Creative Pro and all the, the other wrestling schools and, and places that he's been. He's a really great guest. And I suggest everybody check him out on Twitter, Instagram, all over the place and go to his shows. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And, and don't forget about the merch store at whatamaneuver.net. We have that new collab between... Uh, what a maneuver! IWTV guide and Derek Dillinger, the uh, maniac, uh, headless uh, T-shirt and the IWTV guide logo T-shirt. Uh, um, the money there goes to not to me. I know that I haven't seen a dime. Uh, <laughs> our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast. If you catch my grift, and at Odds of Wrestling and AIW, uh, the card is going to change. Um, and then our, our other friends over at pwponderings.com, Big Stark Spran, Set Tap Photo, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, and uh, Joey over at Kayfabe Collectibles. I am wearing his Kayfabe Collectibles sweatshirt zip up now with the Yokozuna logo, and I love it. Um, so, yeah, check us out on, uh, check me out again on Twitter, and uh, that's what I got. All right, with that, join us next week. You want to find out what all your favorite independent wrestlers are doing? You can check them out right here on IWTV Guide. We'll catch you next time, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Cause I'm the tax man. Yeah, I'm the tax man. Should 5% appear too small? Yeah.